Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985's Santa Claus the Movie. One minute at a time. We do have a couple things to mention here at the top of the show. We do have to give a little update that after we stopped recording last week, we totally bought the John Lithgow BZ nightstand picture and we should have it in our possession very soon the tracking says it's actually out for delivery as we record this podcast so you should have seen it on our instagram already if it arrived like it was supposed to (laughs) and another recent acquisition that we kind of hinted at last week but we now have in our house it's not framed yet but you may remember back in the mcminute I was talking with our guest Jason Duvall about how we would really like to find one of the plastic translites, the little thin, how would you describe this? Like a thin sheet of plastic. Yeah, but a thicker piece of thin plastic. Like it's not like, um, it's it's not like a sheet protector thin. It's more like um, those pieces of plastic that teachers used to write on on the projectors. <laughs> like that thin you know thicker yeah if you wave thicker, it it makes like plastic. the if you waved it it makes the <laughs> woof, 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 woof noise right <laughs> but anyway these would go into slide into the mcdonald's lighted menu boards back in the 80s and 90s before everything went digital and every month when there was a new promotion they'd slide one out put the new one in and anyway what i'm getting to is that we have the 1985 display translate from a mcdonald's of the santa claus the movie ornament reindeer yeah which we have that reindeer too so now we have the translate of the ornament that we have that says when you buy the five dollar book of gift certificates you can get a plush reindeer ornament based on santa claus the movie mm-hmm. we could not resist nobody bid against us we got it for 29.99 with shipping so <laughs> One of our holy grails, another one of them is checked off the list. Yeah, that was one that I didn't even know we had. Like, I didn't know it was something that we wanted, because I didn't know it existed. Well, now you do. I figured something had to have existed to promote the presence of reindeer ornaments at McDonald's. So you can post a picture of that. We haven't figured out how we're going to display this yet. Mm. You want to buy a frame of the proper size. It's It was bigger than I was expecting. Yeah, it's big. It is pretty big. And we want it. I want, I, John, I don't think really cares, but I want it to light up behind it. So I want to have like a light source shining through on the other side so it lights up. So we have to do some crafting, I think, to make this happen. <laughs> Something that snuck up on us this year. Uh, we don't get cable TV. We don't subscribe. But we, we, we're all streaming in our household. But maybe we have some new listeners who caught Santa Claus the movie getting some love on cable network AMC here in the United States. They played it twice. Actually, I think it's on this day that we're recording, December 10th. Yeah, they played it this morning at 9 a.m. So on Friday, December 10th at 9 a.m. And also at like 2 a.m. or something. Exactly, so, yeah. So I, I'm glad yeah. it got a little bit of love this Christmas on TV. Yay! It's more hit or miss on United States television. It seems to be yeah. an annual event <laughs> in the U.K., but in the U.S., you know, like, well, maybe maybe it'll show up. Maybe it won't. <laughs> Usually it won't. 
<laughs> or it'll be on some really super obscure channel. Yeah, I mean, AMC's a pretty big channel, so it was nice that it was on there. And last but not least, you guys can't see it, but as we record, Ben and I are both wearing Santa Claus the Movie logo apparel. I'm wearing a very comfortable hoodie with the Santa Claus the Movie logo. And I am wearing a t-shirt that is green that has Santa Claus the Movie logo on the front of it. How is this possible, Ben? How is this possible? Well, it is possible because we have made this merch... (laughs) Uh, we have a link i'll put a link in the show notes of this episode and it is also on our website that is also linked in the show notes below um and you can you can buy your own santa claus the movie logo items apparel not only do we have apparel with the santa claus the movie logo been recreated the bz toys logo as well yes I have. Yeah. So there's there's two different uh Santa Claus the movie type items in our in our merch store. <laughs> if you're listening to <laughs> when you're listening to this, it's probably not enough time to get it for Christmas, but maybe you know next Christmas you can snag yourself some SC colon TM gear. <laughs> you might get it. I mean, I'm not going to promise that you will, but it is possible that you could get it for Christmas. So last week, Minute 87 was a very big minute. Ben, mm-hmm. who edits all the episodes, had to step away and take a break. She got sick of hearing us talk. <laughs> I did. I was so tired of listening to us. <laughs> I had to take a break. <laughs> so, Ben, I hate to say it, but we have another big minute here with Minute uh... 88. I know, I know. Uh, Because we are heading into that part of the movie where the movie... It's going to sound mean, but I I say it with love. The movie just goes off the rails. Things are just going to go bonkers from here till the end of the movie. A lot happens in every single minute from here until the end. And uh, this is the minute where we can pinpoint the moment where BZ takes a turn from just kind of sleazy businessman to comic book supervillain right who has a deep hatred for santa claus out of nowhere seemingly (laughs) but we will get to that in just a few minutes we will so our minute begins in the basement of bz's townhouse where cornelia has taken joe and set him up with a makeshift bed made out of an inflatable raft and some blankets we're not quite sure how much time has elapsed since last time we saw Joe and Corny, because it looks like Joe is pretty well settled in. And not only that, Cornelia is walking over with his jacket, like handing it back like Joe is about to leave mm-hmm. at three in the morning Mm-mm. on what, what? what is seemingly the same night. No, no, we've already established it's three in the morning. I know, I know, I know, I know. We but have the... established that it is three in the morning. So the movie hasn't given us any indication that any significant amount of time has passed. It's not like two days later or anything. But it was mentioned in the book. And the more I watched this minute, I thought, oh, Ben can make the case that Joe has been in this basement for more than a couple of hours. Yes. 
There's multiple ways. Would you like me to start that now? Yes, go for it. Okay. So for one, you've already pointed out that Cornelia is handing Joe back his jacket, which is seemingly dry now. It Remember, he was soaked to the skin when he showed up. And he is 100% bone dry now. So there's no way all of that clothing, jacket, everything would have dried out in just a couple of hours being down in the basement. And the second biggest reason why this was probably a different night is on the left-hand side of the screen. At the front of the raft, you will see a green sweatshirt that says Miss Briley's School for Girls. What? I know. I had never noticed that till you just said it right this second. Yeah. You have to really look for it, but I see it right there. When you watch the high-def version, it is a brighter green, so it's easy. It stands out more. So, yeah, it's right there on the raft. So he had her old cool old school sweatsuit unisex on. unisex <laughs> i don't know what whatever i'm trying to say so he had her old sweatsuit that was unisex in the basement so there we go so like now he's like changing back into his street clothes mm-hmm. because he's about to head out Right. Seemingly. They probably want him to sneak out before anybody wakes up in the house. That's probably why they're doing it so early in the morning. But I, but I don't understand why they would be leaving where it's storming again. You would think they would <laughs> wait until it's another day that isn't so wet. But that, you know, that's Joe's idea. Cornelia doesn't want him to leave. Joe is the one who seemingly wants to leave. Yeah, whoever did the sound mix really pumped in yeah. the thunderstorm sound effects this minute to let you know that it's still indeed raining outside. Yes. I guess before no. we talk too much about what Joe and Cornelia are going to say next, while okay. we're talking about the details, yes, my mind is blown with that <laughs> that school sweatshirt. I guess it's totally canon. That's the name of Cornelia's school. Uh-huh. There it is right in this minute in the movie. Yep. Now, I, as always, you know, people are probably sick of me saying this, but the clip that I'm watching here on my computer desktop is from the standard def old early 2000s DVD. So it's a lot darker than the remastered HD version. Yeah. What does this uh, empty crate on its side say? Okay, it's, I'm it's glad It's on the right-hand side we... of the screen uh, by Joe. It says, first in the world of tea. Oh, so... It's a big tea crate. Miss Tucker must drink a lot of tea. I imagine she's the (laughs) tea drinker. Yeah, and the two poles sticking out of it are ski poles. Now, doesn't it say UK on that tea thing? That's the only thing I could make out. And um, right behind Cornelia, you can see those doors. That is part of the dumbwaiter system that's down in the basement. (laughs) Keep that in mind, everyone. That'll be coming Mm -hmm. back later. And then you can also see, I don't know if you can see in the standard definition version, but in the high def, right next to the raft that Joe is sitting in, uh, they have given him like a little stool table and his orange juice cup is sitting right there on that, on that stool. So he's been having orange juice. 
And Joe, you know, we can't normally see what Joe is wearing because he has that wet, that black leather jacket on. But where he doesn't have his jacket on yet, he has like this knitted sweater that is completely falling apart. But he's and he also has a gray T-shirt on that has like a yellow cuff. But he is also wearing a jersey that is kind of tattered and falling apart, too. And I did some research and I believe that that is a New York Giants football jersey from Mark Haynes, who played for the New York Giants from 1980 to 1985 as number 36. Oh, wow. Good eye. According, according to the Goog. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I thought that it was a different color, but looking at the high def, I could tell that it is blue, red, and white. And it is a New York Giants jersey. And the other big detail we should definitely point out is that further back in this basement, BZ has multiple wine racks. So he's treating yes. this dilapidated looking basement as his wine cellar. Oh, right. Should we move on? Anything else to point out? Um, No, I think that is pretty much it. The thing that's blocking a lot of the screen is there is a big bed frame that has the springs and chains holding it all together. Oh, that's what, that's that, what big, that is. Yeah, that's what that that's blocking the frame there. That's like a big bed frame leaning up against where the camera is, you know. And I can also make out what looks like a kind of rusted out oscillating fan. Yes, there's a fan on a table in the corner. So the big thing that I really wanted to share was that sweatshirt that was in the boat. Amazing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And one more side note, we have seen Joe in that tattered sweater undershirt before because we saw glimpses of that when he was like trying to wave down Santa when they were on the roof earlier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Joe has a thermometer in his mouth. Cornelia is acting very motherly, takes the thermometer out of Joe's mouth and says... 99. You still have a temperature. Four dopey points. Big deal. So I just wanted to point out that according to Healthline, you're considered to be running a fever if an oral, rectal, ear, or temporal artery, or forehead, thermometer registers 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit. For anyone else in the world, that would be 38 degrees Celsius or higher. Mm -hmm. And if you use an auxiliary or armpit thermometer, the temperature reading will be about one degree Fahrenheit or one degree Celsius lower. So anything over 99.4 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius would be considered a fever. Growing up, I was always told that 99 was, you know, the low end on the fever scale. So I never worried about it unless it was over 100. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Cornelia is being a little protective of Joe. Well, I don't think she wants him to leave in the rain. I don't blame her. You know, she's like, just stay here. <laughs> You're fine. You've been fine for the past couple of days. Just stay down here and wait for the rain to go away. More liquids. That's what you need. More vitamin C. Come on, let's go get some orange juice. I was going really slow on my clip to see if Cornelia picks up the orange juice cup because I notice she is holding it at the top of the stairs. So, but yes, we see here she definitely grabs the orange juice cup. So Cornelia, followed by Joe, who is putting on his black leather jacket, are going up those basement stairs. But 
stop short at the closed basement door when they start to overhear BZ and Towser talking, and Joe makes the finger shh motion very briefly to make sure Cornelia doesn't say anything and blow their cover. From behind the door, we can hear BZ groan and say, Oh, Towser, with you it's always some new melodrama. Is this all playing out like it is in the book? Um, yeah, for the most part. So we see BZ and Towser in the kitchen area. BZ has handed Towser two large wine goblets, wine glasses, mm-hmm. and is in a very good mood. Well, let me tell you, my friend, tonight, nothing can upset me. Towser, the money's coming in so fast, you'd think we were printing it ourselves. Towser attempts to get BZ's attention as BZ opens up the refrigerator door where the only thing in the fridge that we can see clearly is a whole cooked chicken, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At leftovers, or they just uh, prepped it up ahead of time uh, for the next day. I don't know. <laughs> okay, now BZ turns to Towser and says, Do you realize what this means, man? <laughs> but, but, BZ, do you realize what this means, man? All right, Ben, are you ready? Now comes the BZ line that was in every trailer, every TV commercial, every promo. Here it comes. Oh, Ben, can you do it? Maybe before the real BZ comes? Santa Claus is finished. Santa Claus is finished. I do appreciate the well-timed boom of thunder after he says that. Because after he says that, we cut back to the kids behind the closed door. I'm taking over Christmas. By next December, they'll be writing to me. <laughs> BZ. Okay, now, I have something in the book that takes place between I'm taking over Christmas and by next December, they'll be writing to me. Is this going to add a little more insight on what has triggered BZ's Santa hatred? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. Okay. Ever since he had gotten into the toy business, he had hated the very idea of Santa Claus. A man who gave away countless gifts every year at the most profitable season of all. And after he had met Patch and learned that Santa Claus was real, and not some phony do-gooder's tall tale... The thought of that fat man in red cutting into his market had galled him even more. But now, thanks to Patch, he had found the way to get rid of this biggest competition once and for all. So he wanted to get rid of Santa because Santa was cutting into his profit margin by giving kids toys away for free and not having their parents buy the toys from BZ. I mean, that's understandable, but like a few other things in this movie, it would have been nice to build up to this. Yeah. (laughs) So so it doesn't just feel like, what the heck? Where did this come from? (laughs) So BZ now walks over to Towser, and he has a beer can in his hand and pours some beer into the glasses that Towser is holding. And we are about to witness the most bizarre product placement in this movie and possibly in any movie. I'm not sure. 
<laughs> because that's not just any can of beer Beezy is holding. That is... Pap's Blue Ribbon. Can you just imagine what the phone call must have been, the negotiation, <laughs> to, to get this product placement into the movie? Now, I don't know if maybe they were going by the original script, because the original script, it says... Uh, hold on. In the original script, BZ poured himself a beer and then filled a glass of cloudy-looking water for Towser. And it says, It was just like that jerk Towser to ask for water when he was already soaking wet. So, BZ was having the good stuff, the beer, while Towser was having the cloudy faucet water. So I don't know if maybe that is how they got the sponsorship to begin with. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. And changed it as they went along. Because how it plays out in the movie, it's kind of baffling why this beer company would sign off on this. And we will get into this uh, shortly. It's like, can you just imagine that? Okay, beer company, Paps Blue Ribbon, would you like to advertise in our Santa Claus movie? Like, number one, that that's a pretty unusual <laughs> request. <laughs> it's like, oh no, Santa's not going to be drinking the beer. It's going to be our villains. <laughs> our villains are going to like your beer. <laughs> or, yeah, are, are the villains going to like our beer? Well, one of them is. <laughs> We're kind of going to make a joke about how your product sucks. <laughs> okay any any advertising i'm oh, sorry excuse me any publicity is good publicity i guess we're in but n now you've just uh may have explained it that may have been how they pitched it it's like okay so one of them's going to be drinking water and the other one's going to be treating your beer as it's the best thing ever right but obviously something changed in the uh yeah in the uh shooting Maybe. process Maybe Paps pull the plug, and that's why they did it this way. They were getting back at him. <laughs> but still used the can in the movie. Yeah, they were the 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 film the film producers. They were using this as a way to get back at them for pulling their plug. Like, <laughs> oh, this is junk. <laughs> so, do you want to learn a little bit more about Paps Blue Ribbon? This is going to be. Two non-beer drinkers explaining beer to everyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so Paps Blue Ribbon, commonly abbreviated as PBR, makes sense, Yes, is an American lager beer sold by Paps Brewing Company established in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in 1844. It's an old beer. And currently based in San Antonio. Originally called Best Select... And then Paps Select, the current name comes from the blue ribbons tied around the bottleneck between 1882 and 1916. The beer gets its name from Frederick Paps, who ran the company from 1860 to 1904. And you may be curious, you may be curious, probably you were wondering, Ben, what were they doing during Prohibition? Well, instead of beer, they switched over and started making cheese an interesting switch but you know i guess they had to do something 
This is all from the Wikipedia page, by the way, my number one source of resource, <laughs> research on this podcast. So this part is interesting. We're getting closer to Santa Claus the movie production timeline. Sales of Paps peaked at 18 million barrels in 1977. In 1980 and 1981, the company had four different CEOs. And by 1982, it was the fifth in beer sales in the U.S., dropping from third in 1980. So they're kind of losing some of their popularity. Uh-huh. So they decided to sponsor a Santa Claus movie. Yeah, why not? Get get in with the kids early. I mean, that's what all of the beer companies did back then. And I wonder if this joke even plays in the U.K., because it doesn't sound like Pabst Blue Ribbon is even available in the U.K., it's available here in the U.S., and it's also available in Australia, where it is brewed locally, Canada, the Ukraine, Russia, Dominican Republic, Brazil, and China. So here in the United States, a Pabst Blue Ribbon beer has this reputation, or at least it did around the time period of this movie and us growing up, of a really cheap mm-hmm. beer that appealed to more rural audiences. Right. I don't know if it does now because neither one of us drinks. So we don't really know the reputation of any beer at this moment in time. <laughs> well, my, my my quick Google research seemed to indicate that it was very popular with hipsters a few years back. Oh, so maybe nice. it still is. And they've branched off into things like uh, whiskey and alcoholic like coffee type beverages. So Oh, okay. Still using All the right. same name brand. But around this time... It was pretty associated with this is the cheapest, not very high class beer you could get. As a country singer Johnny Russell had a hit, a charting hit in 1973 called Rednecks, White Socks, and Blue Ribbon Beer. Of course, we're referencing this beer. So that's why I was wondering, does this even fly in the UK? Or would they even realize this was a joke? Because here we have BZ kind of treating this cheap beer as a fine wine swirling it around in his cup and but giving it a not. sniff and meanwhile and meanwhile Towser is like his face is like all, he's like cringing he's like Ugh, as he's smelling his his cup of liquid but that's not what's happening that is how I've always interpreted the joke and you have <laughs> always that's... said I was wrong but I, wrong. I watched this minute and I watched BZ pouring the beer into the glass, and then he takes the glass in his hand and does the the swirling. I know, I know, but that's not what happens. Okay, can I walk you through this? Okay, go ahead. So what is happening is Towser has the Paps Blue Ribbon beer in his goblet, and BZ has wine in his now, if how we... do we know this? How do we know this? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you go back to second thirty, go to thirty seconds, you have a wider shot of BZ and Towser. Oh yeah, BZ, he's just reaching for a wine bottle on the counter. He's putting a wine bottle back down on the counter. Look what is in his goblet in his hand. Oh, he already has liquid in his glass. And and see what hand he is putting it into in, with Towser. 
He puts it into Towser's right hand. Towser's left hand has an empty goblet. Then, if you move forward... Okay. ...to minute 50... Uh, second 50... He is pouring the Paps Blue Ribbon into the goblet closest to BZ. So Towser's left hand, you can follow his eyes so, and his hands. You can see which one he's pouring it into. And then he takes the wine goblet out of Towser's hand and leaves Towser with the beer in his left hand. And Towser does look kind of befuddled as all this is going on, as BZ's yeah, pulling because... the old switcheroo. Because you would think that BZ was pouring the beer for himself because it is in the goblet closest to BZ. But he doesn't. He takes the one farthest from him that has the wine in it. Talk about subtle. (laughs) I've never caught that. (laughs) But of course, my interpretation of the joke works just as well. Works the same. Yeah, it's like, here's BZ treating this cheap beer, like I said, as fine wine, which is pretty funny Mm -hmm. in itself, too. But now this one makes Pap's Blue Ribbon look even worse, because (laughs) BZ is, like, swirling his wine goblet, and Towser is looking at his beer going, ugh, you know? Like, I don't want this. So, it's... I've been waiting to tell John this, to show this to John forever. Because I, I'm, in still, been... I'm still in disbelief. <laughs> because you had told me this like a while ago. And I go, no, no, that's not how it plays out. He's pouring beer for both of them. And he's just really enjoying it. While Towser's like kind of, ugh, whoa. So, uh, been here. <laughs> As I was editing, I found... The I think the bottle of liquid that BZ is drinking from, and I believe that it is actually a whiskey, a cognac whiskey. I cannot say the name. I'll put a screenshot in on our website. But I think this is what he is drinking. I don't think it's wine. I think it's whiskey. But he's still treating whiskey like wine. So still, same joke. <laughs> so you may be wondering what BZ is doing there, uh, smelling that wine. That is also called, uh, as some wine lovers say, nosing. Um, and wine lovers say that is an important part of the tasting ritual. Wine tasters will stick their noses deep into a glass. An important reason not to fill the glass too high, they say, and inhale deeply. They angle their glass this way and that as they continue to assess the wine's aromas. So that is what they are doing here. And it would have made it funnier. I thought my, I think my interpretation was funnier <laughs> if BZ is doing all this to Pab's Blue Ribbon. Yep. <laughs> Man, somebody at Pab's Blue Ribbon, one of those CEOs, must have been pretty upset when they saw Santa Claus the movie. I love the shot of BZ smelling his wine with just complete pleasure and Towser smelling his beer with complete disdain like he's yeah like, like he's really just horrible it's like his nose is all scrunched up and he's like kind of cringing once yeah. again once again great performance by jeffrey kramer yes i know we give john lithgow all of the credit in this movie but jeffrey kramer does an amazing job with towser's character i mean he pulls off everything so well 
Yeah, like I said a few minutes ago, <laughs> when you were breaking down the scene, it's like, now I notice he's doing this kind of befuddled, like, when Beezy's, like, switching the wine glasses around. He has yeah. this great befuddled look on his face, looking this way and that, like, oh. <laughs> so I, I did, I did at Mr. Kramer on Twitter, because last week I said we would, and it's like, okay, we, we've committed to it, we have to do it, so... We are on Towser Watch. Has he responded yet as of the time of this recording? Uh, no, he has not. Oh, bummer. <laughs> so we'll keep you updated. But maybe the more people who like and retweet our yes. tweet, yes. it might might pop up a little bit more. And maybe he'll see it. Well, well, I was telling you this morning, since we both follow each other... We could, like, slide into his DMs. Maybe he'll slide into our DMs. <laughs> so we'd be extremely giddy if that 76-year-old man slid into our DMs. <laughs> oh, goodness. On that note... Wait, we're not done yet. We're not done. I thought we were going to be wrapping up the show, but we still have uh, about one second of the kids behind that basement door again. We where do. Where Joe is about to sneeze. We and... think... We think. <laughs> I don't know why else Cornelia would have her finger up to his nose. <laughs> which seems I mean, it's even, the only thing I could think of. <laughs> which seems even grosser now after uh, the events of the past two years. <laughs> well, them not getting caught is more important to her than getting sick. Has this ever worked in the history of ever in real life to avoid sneezing? No. This seems like something that dates back to, like, the silent era. I'll always associate it with, like, Scooby and Shaggy. It's like, don't sneeze, yeah. Scoob! And then he sneezes anyway. But I don't know if Joe's going to sneeze. Maybe this is going to work. I don't know. We'll find out next week. Anything else to add before we wrap things up? I do have one more question. Is Cornelia uh -huh. wearing the same pajamas and robe as she was in the bedroom a couple weeks ago? She's wearing the same robe. Um... You can't see her pajamas, though. There's no shot of her pajamas, but her robe is the same. It's like kind of buttoned up. And the only other thing we have to update listeners on is that you have taken on the challenge of trying to draw out the floor plans of BZ's townhouse, and you're running into some uh, you're running into some walls here and there. I am, I am. I'm having some hard times because. You know, I, I have very easily copied down the whole kitchen, basement, hallway area in uh, BZ's office. I got, I got that with the stairs. That's easy. The part where I'm running into issues with is where the front door is and the shape of the house <laughs> because if they're, you know... I know they're different sets, but the shape of the house from the outside doesn't match what I have for the inside. And I'm having a hard time placing the living room and the dining room and BZ's bedroom and where they come in. I have a hard time. I don't know where they all go, but I'm still working on it. And uh, when I have this all figured out, I'll upload it. You're trying to get this fictional house to work. Yes. In real life, basically. Yeah. Yes. Because you, yeah. you you figured that this small kitchen area has at least three or four entrances. 
Well, it has an ent- it has an exit to the back to the side alleyway where Cornelia fed Joe the first time. And it has an exit entrance into the house that you see them go out after this in the next minute. And then there's the basement door. Those are the three those are the three doors in the kitchen. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's all for minute number 88. I don't think we clocked in as much as last minute, but it's still up there. I'm going to be going crazy listening to us again. Well, maybe. As much editing as you have to do to make me make sense every week. <laughs> for every 25-minute episode, Ben has edit- whittled down about 90 minutes of nonsense. <laughs> we get tongue-tied a lot. <laughs> Or we're just staring at the clip over and over, dragging yeah. the dragging the little bar back and forth like and a lot of dead air. Where squinting at the talking. screen, <laughs> all you hear are mouse clicks. So Ben, where can everybody follow us on social media? You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Santa Minute, and you can also email us at Santa by the Minute at gmail dot com. Ben and I post a brand new episode each and every Wednesday. And as always, you can listen to any of those episodes. For free!